Are you not having the success you want with your direct bookings? Perhaps you are tired of feeling like you are out of your depth and wish there was an easier way. Well, I've got an exclusive free training coming up that just might help. Join me on April 4th when I will share the top three mistakes that I consistently see vacation and short-term rental property managers make in their desire for direct bookings that could be costing you major profits. I will also be sharing my top tips in building your own direct booking sales engine that will bring in those direct bookings while you sleep. Come and join in the fun. Head to my website, directbookingsuccess.com, and click on the free training button to join me on April 4th, because you deserve your own direct booking success. You are listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you all the information you need for your short-term rental to stand out from the crowd. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the hospitality industry. I'm here to help, so you too can have direct booking success. Welcome to another episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Jacob Wedderburn Day, and his company is Stasher. And no, I'm not talking about Slasher, the heavy metal group from the 80s, which he's probably too young to know anyways, but Stasher. (laughs) So welcome, Jacob. Nice to see you. Thank you, Jen. Nice to be here. Great. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So as you said, I'm the co-founder of Stasher. I'm one of two. My my other co-founder is Anthony. We started Stasher... Now, nearly eight years ago, we were students at university at the time, wanted to go into business together. And in some respects, I think got quite lucky that our our first idea that we worked on has sort of given us employment for the last eight years. Wow. (laughs) I want to get into this idea because, you know, we were talking before it, you know, it's not an idea that you probably was probably not when you're doing your brainstorming, not probably not the first idea that came out of the mm. box. So it'd be interesting to find out how you came up with this. Um, so tell us about you and you studied economics at Oxford. I did. Yeah. And that's, so that, that was, I started there in 2012. I always, in fairness, I always liked maths at school. And then I started studying economics at school, I think exactly the same year that the 08 financial crisis kicked off. So it was, it felt quite timely and felt quite interesting. So between between that and and just a general interest in business and probably watching too much of The Apprentice as a kid, <laughs> I I had this sense that you know I I really wanted to 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 start a company or, or or you know go into business for yourself. I think I think it's an ambition probably a lot of people have, but you don't necessarily expect it will be a reality. But when I met and so I met him at the first day of university, we were Did placed you? sort of rooms almost next to each other, and and I haven't been able to get rid of him since. Right, uh, we. We, we, we obviously became friends straight away and, and both had this same sort of passion for business, but in particular startups and technology and like the concept of scalable business models and Airbnb at the time that was while we were at uni was when Airbnb was kind of going on its like hyper growth trajectory and becoming a household name. And yeah. we both loved that model. And actually uh, his brother lived in London and was an Airbnb host. And so when I'd stay around his, we'd have guests coming in. So we were, we were quite close to uh, to yeah. that model from a, from a young age. And so, yeah, as you'll see, Stasher right. kind of evolved. But. Yeah. 
So tell, if anybody doesn't know what Stasher is, tell the, what's your, you know, you talk about these like elevator pitches. What is, yeah. what is Stasher? Okay. You're probably familiar with the problem. If you've ever been traveling and you've checked out, but your flight's not till later, or you've arrived in a city early and your check-in's not till later, and you find yourself sitting around with bags and you think, there's so much I could do in the city, but these bags are getting in the way. And I, I you probably resign yourself to just sitting in a cafe or maybe if you've got more initiative, you'll try to go to a hotel and say, hey, can I leave my bags here with you? A number of reasons you might find yourself in the situation where you've got luggage and it's inconvenient. And if that's the case, Stasher is there to solve that problem. We have a platform that actually operates very similarly to an Airbnb or an Uber. It's an on-demand marketplace and you can go on there and you can find loads of locations to leave your luggage. The kind of locations that we sign up are in fact hotels or shops or local businesses. And they have extra space that they can monetize by storing your bags. And we as the platform kind of facilitate that interaction. So we have apps, we have a website. It's really cheap to book. It's generally half the price of the lockers in stations, which there aren't that many of them anymore anyway, but we mm -hmm. do see them cheaper. And the whole idea is just to provide a convenient service for whenever you're traveling or you're out and about, or even if you're going to events and you have bags, you can drop somewhere secure and should get your peace of mind. Yeah. And, and really make the most of your day and your time. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, as we own Vacation Rental, Holy Let, you know, mm. and be also, it's hard that, you know, guests come. I've had people ring me and say, you know, can I drop my bags off early? And if you've got cleaners in there and whatnot, it just mm. isn't logistically you know, helpful to have extra bags and whatnot going in. You know, where there's ho hotels, that's a regular thing, right? If you get there before check-in, yeah, we can hold your bags, no problem. So I love that you're addressing this need and you're also leveraging hotels that already do it too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in fact, I've kind of pitched that at sort of the consumer use, but really why I'm here today talking to you is because as vacation rental owners, managers, property managers, it's a really convenient ancillary service for you to include in your offering. And like you say, the pain is real. If you've got guests checking out, you've got a window of time to turn it around and clean it, but your previous guests want to come back and collect their luggage or, you know, then you've got to facilitate keys and it, it just becomes much yeah. more logistic. With Stasha, you can simply refer your guests to us and know that they're going to get a good service. Uh, and you, you don't have to say no to their final requests as they leave. And, and I'll, I'll definitely come back to talking yeah. about that later. But yeah. And, you know, I love this idea that there are amenities because this is an amenity that the property manager owner can promote as having it you mm. know, themselves. Um, and I love that there are these amenities out there that aren't they're, they're not you don't have to do any work, you know, as the property manager. Mm. You know, you can take advantage of of somebody else's service, um, mm -hmm. but promoting it for your brand, your property. Absolutely. Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, there's there's loads of loads of similar services too, and I, I'm sure there's more we can talk about. We've been friends with a number of people in the industry since since we started too. But you're absolutely right. There's lots of these extra services that you can very easily kind of plug and play with and and, and layer into your offering. And, uh, it does just make things more convenient for your guests. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really smart strategy to use, use other sort of leveraging other people's businesses for, for your own promotion. Now let's find out about the actual idea. Okay. Yeah. How did this come about? Was it, 
you know, I know it's your first business, which has been a roaring mm-hmm. success, but walk me Thank through, you. you're sitting down with Anthony, you know, what, mm. how did the idea come out? Well, it's, it's an interesting story. And, and it's funny because we were, we were talking about this just before the podcast and we were joking saying that it's not as if either of us grew up saying, you know, have a real passion for luggage storage. It's, <laughs> it's different to some of those ideas where people do have a mission. It's very mission driven. And, and I wouldn't say this isn't mission driven because I think, you know, you, you want people to get the best out of their travels and, and the convenience is really valuable. But actually, in this case, the idea came kind of back to front. And what I mean by that is, like I told you, Ant, Ant was always, his brother was an Airbnb host. And so people would often stay there. And even when it wasn't guests saying that his brother had friends who were at uni in London who would say, hey, can I leave my stuff with you over the holidays while I go home for a couple of weeks and then come back and collect it? And what evolved was whenever I was staying at Ants, uh, his place became like a, a bit of a storage dump. <laughs> so we would, and, and I remember one day we were there and someone was leaving bags for like a couple of days and we were sort of joking saying we should charge people for this. And then, I mean, that joke was literally the light bulb moment because like, oh my God, you know, Airbnb, marketplace, like storage in cities is a real problem. It kind of all came together and we were like, wait a second, is there, is there an idea here? Is there enough of a demand for, you know, storage of bags in cities to build a business out of this? And we got just incredibly excited about it. Like you said, we, you know, we were, we were very interested in going into business together anyway. We, we'd often spend time brainstorming ridiculous ideas and trying to come up with something. But this, I think, felt like a real a real opportunity. And so we took it, we ran with it. And I, I mean, I can tell you more about that as well, but yeah. that was where it came from. Well, and you know, when you're coming up with a business idea, whatever it is, there has to be a need. You have to be filling a need, don't you? Because there's just no point with coming up with something that nobody needs. You know, the business is not. Yeah, absolutely. So you've definitely hit a nerve there, haven't you? That this is a real issue. And it's Mm -hmm. not something that, you know, many people speak about, you know, where do guests leave their bags? We Mm. can't control when flights come in, Mm -hmm. you know, so you've got people coming in early morning, you know, late night, people have, they're checking out and they've got a flight, you know, seven hours later, you Mm. know, so I think you, I think it's a really great idea that you've hit on, obviously. You know, obviously, you have been featured on Europe's Forbes 30 under 30 list. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think it's a right. Congratulations to you, because I think that's a real achievement. You know, you've come up, we would think, okay, this idea, you know, really, you know, I could probably see some of your family going, maybe your parents going, what? Mm. What was their reaction when you sit, when you talk to them about this idea? But to be fair, I've been, I've actually been very lucky with my parents being, you know, they've been super supportive from day one, but I definitely had friends who at the time thought, you know, really, is this like, <laughs> why are you spending so much time? I remember people used to call it the bag project and we were always like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's so much bigger than that. You know, and that used to be frustrating, but no, luckily my parents were always a hundred percent behind it, which was, which was nice. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, as you say, I mean, it's, it's certainly niche and, and, it is a real problem, but it's something I think people have just put up with and, and tolerated. And I know whenever I was traveling before we founded this, it's it's a situation I'd found myself in many a time and you kind of do just get on with it as best you can. But it's it's nice to be able to offer something that solves a real problem, like you say. 
It does. And it affects the experience the guest has had on that holiday, doesn't it? Mm. So, you know, if they're struggling with their bags, yes, it's not that property manager owner's problem, really. It's not part of their stay, but they're going to lump it in their mind as being a negative, aren't they? 100%. There's actually there's a psychological theory that links to this, which which I promised to talk about. <laughs> and it's called the peak end rule. Um, and I, 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 I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm, I'm, I'll explain it anyway. No, but it's, no, it's by Daniel Kahneman. So he's a he's an economist, but also a psychologist. And well, I guess primarily a psychologist who won the Nobel Prize for economics. Anyway, that's details. But the peak end rule goes like this. He basically says, when people judge an experience in their minds after it's happened, they tend to judge it as the average of how good it was at its best, the peak, and then how it ended. And what that tells us is that, you know, people always talk about first impressions and how important they are. And that's true. But actually, when it comes to evaluating how good something was, the end matters more than the start and more than people probably think, because you never you never really hear about like last impressions. You always talk about first impressions. Yeah. People probably put as guests, uh, sorry, as property managers, you probably do put a lot of emphasis on that first interaction and then maybe underappreciate how important the ending is and and. If, as you say, the last experience you have with a guest is them saying, oh, can I check out late or leave my bag? And then you say, no, <laughs> and that's it. And then they have to drag their bags around all day, even though it's nothing to do with you and you've probably provided a fantastic service. It can sour the ending. And 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 that's, I think, a real risk that people maybe maybe don't don't appreciate how important it is. Yeah. Uh, but that's what Stash is, obviously, to help solve. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting because... First impressions, even if you have not the best first impression, you can turn it around, can't you? And turn it around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But But people never talk about that last impression and and, and sort of how you end things in the same way. And uh, well, according to that psychological theory anyway, it's it's an important element to get right. And I think in my own experience, I definitely relate to that. I think, you know, you can go on fantastic holidays and then and then your plane is horribly delayed and you waste hours at the airport. And then actually, you know, I, I literally had this with my girlfriend in Christmas. We went to Seville and we were 36 hours delayed coming home and sort of just about oh. made it in time for Christmas Day. And it's, it's all fine. But it's one of those things, as you say, where when you look back on it now, that really colors what was otherwise a really nice holiday. So. Yeah, that experience. And I think it also, you know, it also talking about what did you call it? The peak, peak to end. Yeah, peak end rule. Peak end rule. Okay, peak end rule. I'm going to remember that. Because... I'll, I'll, I'll send a link through for the for the show notes if you like. Yeah, that'd be great. So we can find out more about it. I know psychology is something that you're quite you're quite interested in, but mm. the guest experience. You know, there's been some kickback because there's been people coming in to short term rentals, vacation rentals, and putting all these rules in place, like you must. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to strip the beds, you need to take out the 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 bins, you need to do the recycling, you need to do the washing mm-hmm. up, you need to do this. And that's all at the end of the stay, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's and so oh, yeah. another reason to sort of, you know, besides, come on, they're paying for a service, you know, they're not, I'm not, I know in my place, you know, they can take the bin out if they want, but I'm not, you know, that's part of my job or my cleaner's job. You know, mm-hmm. we're there to clean and and to move, you know, to take those things out and strip the beds and all that kind of stuff. But we would never, so we would never tell our guests to to do those things. But I think that's another reason. That's to, a, yeah, that's a really good point. To rethink 
those rules that we like to put in place sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky balance, isn't it? But I think you're absolutely right. I think when you're putting too much of the burden of work on people, it, it takes away from that holiday feeling that they have. I mean, you know, you always want people to respect the property, but I, I think you probably draw the line in the right place by saying, hey, don't get them to do all the work as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, it's not quite the same, but I, I remember hearing lots of stories when, you know, related to sort of energy usage and, and people putting really strict rules about like, you know, don't use the TV for too many hours and, and be careful about electricity usage. And again, there's a line of like, yeah, you obviously want people to respect the place and, and you certainly don't want people to ever trash the place, but you also want to make sure you're giving them a holiday experience. Mm -hmm. It's not like one of those sort of working trips where, you know, they're not paying yeah. to do housework. So. Yeah, no, you have to cover in your cost, you know, the increase in electricity or or whatever. And it's unfortunate, but it's it's true. It is tricky. Yeah, it makes it a much trickier dynamic this year, for sure. But. Definitely, definitely. But I love that peak end rule. That is, that is really great. And I think marrying that with amenities that you mm. can, as a property manager, promote as you have, mm -hmm. you know, but... It's no work for you. That's a win-win, isn't it? That's that's exactly the way we we would sort of pitch it as well. I should have said up front, which I don't think I did, but obviously Stasher is free to you as a property manager, unless you so choose to cover it for your guests, which you can do too. But we always say, you know, it's it's completely free for you. In fact, if anything, you can get paid a commission for referring guests. So even more yeah. of a win-win potentially. But, but it's all love... guest problem yeah, sorry, Jacob. I love that idea. Like, if you are in a in a location where the you know you have minimal flights and they come at such inconvenient times, mm. to be able to give this cover the cost for your guests, mm -hmm, could you imagine mm -hmm. that kind of first and end experience that they would have, knowing that yes, you know, it's not on the property, but it's covered for them. Mm -mm. And that's, yeah, I think, I think that's the real value adds to be able to offer. And, and, and like you say, there's, there's plenty of amenities out there that, you know, hopefully now as, as this industry really, really picks up, people will hear more and more about. I know we, we met at the short stay show recently and, and there were lots of other providers there, which is, which is great to see. But I'm, I feel quite positively about where things are going mm -hmm. this year as well. It really does seem like the momentum is back in the short term rental industry. Um, and yeah, as you say, we're, we're really here to help offer that hopefully not just the sort of functional value, but maybe a bit of delight as well for customers when it's something that's not necessarily expected, but they're like, oh, great, that was actually really helpful. And then they feel thought of, and that's that's yeah. the best thing you can offer in, in hospitality really is that sort of extra level of care. Yes, definitely. That's what hospitality is about, isn't it? It really is. Okay, so now where can people use your services? Is this a worldwide thing? Have you just stuck to the big countries? Where can people leave their luggage? So it is worldwide. We are in 75 countries and actually over 600 towns and cities. Um, for now, talking May 2023, we're best in Europe. We're, we're, that's where our best coverage is, but we do have all the major cities in the USA and, and Canada and, and you know North America and even Latin America a lot of major cities covered Australia too. And we're currently focused on expanding into major cities in Asia. So we're, we're about as worldwide as we sort of could be at this stage. And obviously there's a lot of work to do to improve that coverage. And, and, you know, we'll keep on, we'll keep on doing that. We're also very happy to take requests. So when we do start working with property managers, if there's gaps on the map that would be convenient, 
that's one of the ways we prioritize where we expand. So, mm. hey, you know, we we could really do with a place around here, and and we can we can fairly quickly yeah. get nowadays. I could see that because major cities, yes, I think that's you know obviously a no brainer to be mm. in there. But I can see other places where the transport maybe is not as frequent or not as easy. Mm-hmm. You know, so great. How many, do you have any idea how many bags you guys actually, you you don't physically handle, but how many bags go through the system? Do you have any stats like that? I know I didn't ask you beforehand, but I'm just yeah, no, curious no. as we're, as we're speaking. It's thousands a day at the moment, which is really cool. And that's really recovered from, I mean, you know, we, we were just sort of breaking that point before COVID. We broke over a thousand bags a day and then got into the thousands and it was it was exciting. And then COVID hit and we fell completely to zero. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, like the system sort of closed down. So it's been a bit of a painful rebuild. But I mean, April was our best month ever as a company. This April just gone. So it's getting more and more popular. And yeah, I, I mean, overall, we've stored, I think, just shy of a million bags. So that's you know, hopefully many more to come, but it's uh, amazing. Yeah, that is exciting. I feel very, it feels very busy and, and, and that's a lot of fun to be running. Yeah, no, it's, it's really exciting and congratulations to you for, for doing it. So can you walk us through the process that a property manager take as well as a guest and show how easy it would be to, to use Stasher? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a property manager, what we're essentially offering you is a tracking link that you can give your guests and refer them to book their bags in. It's really simple to sign up for it. You basically, I'll, I'll include the link in the show notes, um, <laughs> basically sign up on our website. It's a one minute form. And as I say, that will provide you with a unique tracking link. You can include that anywhere you think it's suitable in your guest communications. We would always recommend in the pre-check-in email or the pre-checkout email. And potentially if you've got any kind of customer support articles or chat or anything like that, include it in the macros there too. And we know with some of the bigger property manager groups that we work with, the customer support macros is a really effective one because it's a fairly common question to say, can I check out late or can I leave luggage? Yeah. And have yeah. Sort of stash a link embedded in there is, yeah. uh, is a way to, to offer it out. But I would even go one step further. And if you're going to be doing this, not necessarily the link, but be talking about it in on your website and in your listings like oh, yeah you know so, use it as a reason for people to book for it with you that's a fantastic idea and yeah 100% behind that too if you include it in the sort of listings when when you're actually retailing your property 100% it's it's another it's another bonus you can include there and, mm-hmm. uh, and like I said it's a, it's a useful service to offer so that covers the property manager side now on the guest side it is equivalently easy when you receive the link wherever you receive it on the website on customer support or in the emails um it's simply a case of clicking through that takes you to the stasher website and you use stasher much the same way you book an uber it uses your geolocation although you can search specifically where you want as well you'll be presented with a map you click you click the listing that you think suits your needs so you can find the hotel that's sort of open at the convenient times or the one that you feel happiest leaving your bags with and then you book and it's honestly as simple as that. And once you've got your booking code, you can take your bags to the hotel with the code. There's a very straightforward check-in process and that's it. You come back, collect your bags later, but you've bought yourself that window of time to actually enjoy the place you're visiting and not feel like you're sort of wasting time and energy. And even actually the sort of psychological stress of having to look after your stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the sort of mental baggage and mental overhead of thinking, 
is my bag okay? Is you know, is my stuff yeah. safe? So, so having it put somewhere safe and insurance, I'm sure it's all covered by insurance. It, it is indeed. Yeah, we have a custom insurance deal, which means every bag stored with us is covered up to a thousand pounds against loss, theft, or damage. We're actually looking at the moment into expanding that cover. So it, it, you know, as things have got more expensive, it will cover more expensive bags. So probably, yeah. probably up to two and a half grand of lost theft or damage cover. We've actually had very, very few claims over the years, you know, in, in the order of sort of three or four. So it, it, wow. it's rare yeah. that stuff does go wrong because actually in practice, when you're leaving bags in a locked room and following the process, there's only so much that can go wrong, really. But well, the insurance yeah. is obviously... Yeah. It's an important peace of mind factor. And and that's that's included in the offering for free. We don't we don't charge extra for that either. I love it. I think it's a great idea. And I'd love to see, you know, what you you get you're gonna do first, obviously you're gonna have world domination in storing bags. But I'd yeah. love to see <laughs> what you and Ant come up with next because oh, thank uh, you. I'm sure there's other ideas in your head. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's, there's so much, like you said, that we can do with this and, and plotting the expansion feels a little bit like playing risk. Sometimes you've got the, you know, the board of like, where are we, where are we going to expand to next? But on top of this, I think there's, there's more services we could layer in to make it more convenient in the future. And yeah, I've always been quite attracted to the idea of some kind of luggage delivery service layered into it. Um, the mm-hmm. only thing that sort of makes me hesitate there is just that. The logistics make it more risky and, and there's still so much to do on the storage model. But, you know, there's I'm sure there's a play in the future where you can drop your bag in one part of town and have it meet you at another or at the airport. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's logistically, sort of- that would be, yeah. Yeah, that might be the round the time of flying cars. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, would be, that would be a convenient time to. Yeah, or you could have. You know, have you seen the the robots? You know, the bots that are taking like takeout food. You know, home delivery. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the kind of thing. You know, a robot. Well, you never, I, we're yeah. going into the weeds here. This is why I am not a why I'm not a tech startup kind of person. My ideas get more and more la- you know outlandish as we go. Anyway. To be fair, so do Ant. That's, Is that what he does? And you bring him back. Absolutely. Each other out. Well, I've loved having you on today. I think that, you know, using these, using Stasher, using other types of amenities that you don't necessarily have to do any work with or have any financial mm. outlay with, I think it's a no brainer for property managers, for owners to be able to use. And I'm lumping yours in with, with the, with the whole group. Yeah, of course. But, it's, you know, I just think for direct bookings, this is one way that you can really stand out. You can say, hey, you know, we mm. know that flight's going to get in early or get in late. Let's let's help you, you know. Mm-hmm. Before you go, I want to ask you, what does direct booking success mean to you? It's a good question. I knew you were going to ask me this. Uh, <laughs> I suppose it could mean lots of things. And, and when I first thought about it, I thought, you know, my bias is that it means being able to offer more things and, and offer a complete service around just the booking itself. So that would be things like Stasher and all the other amenities that you're mentioning and, and, and being able to offer that kind of complete experience to a guest. So thinking about everything else, I suppose taking a step back even from that, I guess direct booking success is about really owning the experience, isn't it? And, and having yeah. that kind of ownership over the whole process and guest experience and and being able to eventually get those guests directly as well without 
without sort of too many layers in between. But yeah, it's, I suppose it means different things to different people. Yeah, it definitely does. And this is why the podcast was created and why I asked that question, because it's so interesting to hear everyone's answer to that question and where they're coming from, because success doesn't mean the same thing to everyone, you know? Yeah, definitely. So where can people, I know we'll put these links in the show notes, but where can people find out more? So the website is stasha.com and that's always live and up to date with all the best and latest bases that we have that you can store your luggage. But if you wanted to contact me directly or Anthony, we're both active on LinkedIn. So I'll include our bios there. Uh, you can email us as well at jacob at stasha.com or anthony at stasha.com. We're pretty good at replying to emails. And then final sort of plug there is Ant and I also have a podcast. Yes. It's not necessarily what you'd expect. It's it's a it's a philosophy podcast, sort of born out of all the uh, random debates and discussions that we we tend to have day to day. So that's everything ranging from you know should billionaires exist? We were talking about French strikes more recently and, and AI. You know, hopefully there's 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 something for everyone in the kind of questions that we cover. But that's called the morality of everyday things. So you can check that out on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, I was going to mention it because we've bonded over our love for podcasts and the morality of everyday things. I'm starting to listen to it and it is so great because the topics you guys are talking about are, well, they're topical, you know, like there's things (laughs) that are around, but it's great to hear different points of view. And yeah. Yeah, I it love was, it. It was once described as like listening to your mates argue in the pub, except with a bit of research behind it. So, <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Jacob, for coming on today. It has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website, directbookingsuccess.com slash podcast. See you next time.